good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. Now, here's your host, Derek Kenny. Okay, well, welcome to another episode of What's Happening MoCo. I'm your host, Derek Kenny, and I'm here today with Tracy Resvani. She's the administrator for the Office of Consumer Protection. How are you today, Tracy? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. And I guess we should start off by asking you who you are in terms of county employees. And then what do you do for the Office of Consumer Protection? Sure. Um, As you said, my name is Tracy Resvani, and I manage the investigations and the outreach and education mission for Montgomery County's Office of Consumer Protection. Okay, great. So, So by that investigators and all those things, what are some of the things that people can look to you for? Like, what are some of the things, like, what are some of the preventative things that you do? And what are some of the things that you do to help people that have been scammed, for lack of a better term? Mm -hmm. So one of the main things that we do is we investigate and try to resolve disputes between consumers and merchants. And Uh, The merchants can be local in the county, they can be in the state, or more and more, we're seeing a lot of international e-tailers out there. So we help uh, consumers who are having trouble with a consumer transaction, try to resolve the issue. Um, We also do a lot of free consultations. So we have uh, consumer specialists who can answer your question, review your documents, help uh, consumers understand what the law is and how it applies to their particular situation. And we do a lot of um, outreach and education. Uh, When possible, we could do it in person. Uh, More and more, we've been doing it these days through our newsletter, through our social media platforms. And uh, we do provide a lot of webinars, and you can catch that on our YouTube channel, ConsumerWise. Um, Lastly, we are a regulatory agency as well. So we license and regulate uh, new home builders. Um, Anyone who's fixing your car should have our registration. Anyone coming into your home to repair an appliance, they should have our license. If you're shopping at secondhand good locations like uh, pawn shops and those kinds of high-end consignment shops, they should have our license. And we also register tow companies and hopefully you don't end up getting towed, but if there's an issue or a question as to the tow, you can absolutely give us a call on that as well. Now, when you say they have, they should have your license, what does that license entail? Is that, is that some type of certification or? Right, so for businesses who are engaged in the trade that we regulate, there is an application process. It's all online and um, we are also providing online payments now. So it's a very simple process. And um, there's some minimal vetting, um, more so with the new home builders for obvious reasons. And so it's one of the, uh, main interfaces that we have with the business community outside of our dispute resolution. Um, The other service we provide to the local business community is we provide free conciliation and mediation services if they are having a dispute with another merchant. Well, let's let's speak in general terms because I don't want to put anyone, any one business or any one resident out there But could you give us an example of a problem or an issue where someone's been scammed? And then let's talk about the process of them contacting you and then Mm -hmm. what you guys did. And then ultimately, how was the issue resolved? Sure. So outside, so outside of just 
plain scams. I mean, obviously there's a lot of scams out there. Um, we handle the scam complaints as well as the, the nuts and bolts um, disputes the same way. And, and those could be, you know, I went and got my car repaired and they didn't do a good job or um, they didn't uh, provide me the information I needed. It could be landscaping complaints. We get a lot of home improvement complaints where they didn't finish the job or maybe they took the deposit and never came back and that's more of a scam. Um, the Whether it's a, you know some issue with debt collection or with any kind of a credit card issue, the case complaints come in and the first step is we make sure the file is complete, it gets inside to an investigator and the investigator then contacts both sides to collect evidence, goes to third party resources to get more information, and essentially starts to create a file as to what happened, when it happened, et cetera. And in the process of trying to bring the parties to a resolution point, investigators are also looking at the law. Was the law violated? And we as a, as a public enforcement or law enforcement agency, we do have the ability to issue citations. We file applications for criminal charges. So if in the process we feel that the law has also been violated, we do have additional uh, resources available to us. And the idea and the hope is that by the end of the case that the parties have found a resolution through our office, maybe it's a refund, um, maybe its services are completed. And um, if it's an outright scam, then we're trying to find as much information as we can on the perpetrators. And we'll talk a little bit later about um, some, the, some species of home improvement scams where we then interface with local police departments and um, try to work through a, a broader enforcement mechanism because sometimes these scammers are across county lines. Okay. Now, of course, we're in the COVID era where things are different. People aren't coming into the office anymore. Uh, you guys aren't necessarily in the office anymore, but you're still working. You're still protecting residents. You're still helping. Absolutely. You're still educating. Tell us about how your mission has been affected and how you guys are continuing to serve the residents of Montgomery County. Sure, of course. So one of the ways that um, we've been working is uh, through education. So if uh, you're not subscribing to any of our social media feeds, by all means, um, do so because I post um, on there every day, um, weekends sometimes too, about some of the common scams that are out there. And they could be uh, a lot of COVID related scams. Um, early on, we were warning about census related scams. Um, so that's one of the ways. Uh, we are also doing a lot of webinars. And if you have an organization that would be interested in hosting us, by all means, give us a call. But we provide webinars on common scams that folks are seeing now generally and a lot of the common scams have been tweaked to bring in the pandemic as um, its foundation so it's you know what is old is new again if you will and so we provide a lot of digital um, education out there and if folks are calling us as part of our uh, free consultation service they have questions of is this a scam or was i just scammed that's another way we're providing um, uh, some services and assistance to uh, the community in dealing with the common scams that we're currently seeing. So let's, let's delve in. Let's, let's find a, so what's, what's a common scam? So in Montgomery County over the last year, what's the most common 
it one not, not just a, a not a, not an investigation, but something that's been deemed actually as a scam. Someone's been duped, taken advantage of. What's the most common scam right now? I guess over the last year or so in Montgomery County, Maryland. Sure. Um, I feel that it's a scam, and so we'll see if if you agree with me. I think that we have an increased. Um, concern over unlicensed uh, contractors. And so what we are seeing often is a, um, a complaint that's coming in from a consumer um, and it turns out that the party that they're having the dispute with is an unlicensed contractor. So what kind of contracts, what kind of industries are we looking at? So auto repair, obviously there's a lot of folks that are um, you know, going to the less expensive option, which is perfectly fine. Um, however, these folks may just be pop-up shops. They have no registration. If there's an issue, you won't be able to find them down the road. And so an auto repair shop um, should have our registration and license. And if someone approaches you in a parking lot and gives you a business card and says, I can fix that ding, um, be wary that if someone's just approaching you out of the blue and willing to do work in the parking lot, they're likely not a, a, a licensed and uh, credentialed auto repair uh, business. Um, the other one that we're seeing more of, again, it's an industry we regulate, is unlicensed appliance repair. A lot of these smaller folks that are popping up, these smaller businesses that are popping up, we're hearing that they're getting their training off of YouTube videos. Now, a lot of staid and uh, long-term businesses, they have training, they have education, they have years of experience. And those are the folks that you should be inviting into your home to fix your refrigerator or your washing machine. Um, but a lot of these smaller pop-up uh, shops, and I call them pop-up because you know, one day they're called Acme and the next day they're called Beta, um, but it's the same person behind it. It's hard to find those folks if they're constantly dodging and there is no um, record of them with the county as being a registered appliance repair company. And we've been seeing that a lot of these home service contracts, most folks call them home warranty contracts, when they send someone to your home you should ask if for their license and credentials and then verify it because we're seeing more and more that the businesses that are sent don't actually have the licenses they need. Um, that also goes with um, uh, plumbers and electricians. Plumbing and gas fitting, if the work isn't done right and if they don't have um, in our area licensed by the WSSC, it's a major problem because if they don't fix your leak right, then it's going to continue to leak and it's going to cause problems with mold potentially or higher bills. And if it's a gas fitter that doesn't know what they're doing, well, that's a danger and it's a safety issue. Um, electricians are the same way. Um, if they're not doing the job correctly, it's a fire hazard. And what we've seen and heard is that there are licensed plumbers and gas fitters or electricians that are selling or renting their license so that unlicensed folks can use their number to be able to continue to work. And that is also illegal. Um, you know, they set it up to pretend that there's a subcontracting situation, um, but the licensed uh, 
contractor doesn't come on the job, they don't inspect, and therefore they have no oversight of what is happening. And so that's a danger to um, county residents. Um, last but absolutely not least is going to be the unlicensed home improvement contractor. We deal with a lot of shoddy repairs, um, extensions, expansions, work that folks are being uh, that our folks are getting done at their home. And the Maryland Home Improvement Commission um, uses a test to make sure that the person who gets the license has the fiscal and financial um, wherewithal to run the business so that they can continue to be there and finish your job on the one hand, and two, that they have the skill set that is needed to actually do the job correctly. Do they understand the codes and the requirements, et cetera? And so if they're not licensed by the MHIC, they're lacking this vetting process. But more so, you're also lacking the protection of the state's guarantee fund. So if you hire a licensed home improvement contractor and something goes wrong, you've got the guarantee fund behind you as an insurance policy of sorts. Um, so when you hire someone who doesn't have that license, you're really missing a lot of foundational support for that project. Um, and I wanted to also mention um, woodchucks. And you may have heard, if you follow us, you may have heard of that term already. Woodchucks are landscapers who try and um, work on you to create a job, whether it's roofing. And we call them woodchucks because while they're up in your tree, trimming the branches, they see that there's something wrong with your roof, with your gutter, with your siding, and they try to convince you that they can get the job done. Um, they're most often from out of state, which is why I mentioned earlier, we work with law enforcement or in the area, um, but they're essentially there to take the deposit and not return. Um, so they're really outright criminals in that sense. They will provide you a handwritten invoice. It'll have a fake name, a fake phone number, and it'll just say invoice. And, um, and then, you know, you may never see them again. And frankly, if they come back, the work they do is not one that uh, you want done. And uh, every year we see consumers having to spend significantly more money to undo the work. Um, a lot of time the unlicensed home improvement contractors won't pull permits and that way they don't go get on the radar of the county and without a permit there's no inspection of their work um, and so if you're thinking of reselling the house you may have reporting requirements um, so unlicensed contractors are an area that we deal with a lot and um, it's something that I wanted to definitely talk with folks about to make sure that they're aware of that issue. You mentioned something interesting during that, and there was a fund. What's that fund about? What is that fund and how does that work? And is it a likely uh, results? Is it a likely uh, safety net for people that use the proper contractors? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, when we get a complaint with a home improvement uh, contractor and we always address it the same way we always try to resolve the issue we always try to get to the bottom get the money back get the issue fixed if the contractor turns out to be unlicensed then we try to get them licensed and um, try and work through that however if we're dealing with an unlicensed with a licensed contractor i'm sorry um, and we can't come to a resolution 
um, for myriad of reasons, the state guarantee fund, which is available, um, it's available for home improvement and for new home builders. The consumer can then file with those state agencies and essentially it becomes a, an administrative hearing process where the investigator will collect the evidence of the shoddy work or the complete failure to do the work as it sometimes can be. Um, and that money then becomes available to the consumer to be able to um, patch into it. And um, so the guarantee funds, um, there's also one for like the real estate commission. There's a lot of guarantees out there at the state level. And if you have any questions as to whether your situation has a guarantee fund behind it, absolutely ask us. Okay. Now, this one, this is a scenario that I would like you to run through. Now, these robocalls, there's these calls, well, not necessarily robocalls, but calls where it's unsolicited. They have your number and they say, Mr. Kenny or, you know, uh, Tracy, how are you today? I, I want to give you this loan or I want to mm -hmm. offer you this mm -hmm. opportunity. How do we vet those? Are those ever legitimate calls? And how do we determine if those are real calls or not? Well, um, chances are they're not real. <laughs> and what we always advise everyone to do is to use your answering machine, use your voicemail as a screening mechanism. Uh, if someone is trying to sell you something or if someone is trying to scare you into a transaction and we can you know, spend some serious quality time talking about phone scams, um, but uh, the screening process is really vital because it gives you a minute to breathe and to think about what is being threatened with, what you're being threatened with, or what you're being offered with. Um, a lot of cell phones uh, companies, I think all major cell phone carriers have a filter app that's completely free. So you can download it and it helps to um, alert you that it might be a spam call or some kind of, um, you know, robocall. They'll, they'll flag it for you. You can even get those kinds of programs on your landline if you're on a voice over IP. There's a lot of call blocking technology devices if you're still on copper, for example. So there's a lot of ways of helping you screen these calls. The best thing to do is to not answer. If you pick it up thinking it's your neighbor because they spoof or um, clone neighbors phone numbers often um, is to hang up and a minute about cloning real story I was home alone my cell phone rang and it said it was my home number um, so it's like a making of a horror story but it shows you that your caller ID can lie to you so you should never trust that the number you're seeing is really the number it's coming from so that could result in phone scams from Pepco threatening to shut off your power. It could come from the sheriff's office who's about to arrest you. They can uh, they can uh, disguise the number they're calling from, and most often they're calling from out of country anyway. Now, if, if it's a phishing call or say there's a phishing scam, can you tell us what phishing is, whether it's internet sure. or phone, and what information do we never want to give? Period. Right. So phishing is phony phishing. So you usually see it on the emails or um, you can get smishing, which is your text message version of it. And um, there's a lot of it happening right now uh, around the um, stimulus payments, around um, trying to get you to click on links to find out what contact tracing might uh, be available because someone that you've been in touch with has been tested positive for COVID. Um, they can provide uh, links to 
the you know being the first in line to buy a vi the, the vaccine, for example, or all sorts of bogus um, preventatives or cures out there. Um, so again, we could spend about an hour talking about all of the um, phone scams and phishing that's out there that's related to the pandemic. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's the amount of bogus uh, preventatives that are on the market is astounding. And if anyone has any questions of does it really do that, feel free to give us a call and we can go through the list. And, and I keep this running list of COVID scams uh, so that I am trying to keep myself up to date. But we, we see a lot of it. Um, out there. And so don't click on anything that comes to your email if it's unsolicited. Don't click on anything that comes into your text, your WhatsApp. WhatsApp is being used a lot. Um, and um, so be wary that if something's coming to you unsolicited and, you know, if it purports to be from the government, does it end in .gov or is it ending in .egov? So it's, it's these small little typos are really, really uh, key. And I, I know we are running out of time, but I want to ask you this one, this one last one. And this one we might all see on social media. One, someone that's supposed to be your friend just sent you a friend request, even though you thought you were already a friend, whether you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook. Five minutes later, you get a message saying, hey, how are you? And then later they're saying, do you know about this government program? Is this a thing? Is this a new thing that happens a lot? And how do we know? Or what are some of the indicators that this is not our friend or... How are we wary of this type of social media phishing scam? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's there's definitely been instances of having duplicate accounts created um, on Facebook. I know I've heard about Facebook. I haven't heard it on Instagram or Twitter, but I can't imagine it wouldn't exist there. So, for example, if my page was Tracy.Resvani, the, the uh, duplicate would be Tracy-Resvani. And... Uh, so they do, if you can limit your public settings um, and filter things out so that you are as private as you can be, that really does cut down on the risk of you being um, found on the internet um, and used as a, um, an unwitting tool to scam your friends. Um, and so that, that does happen. Um, and frankly, the more private your settings, the safer you are from, say, romance scams too, because that's that's the that's where folks are fishing for, um, you know, men and women who are looking for maybe a relationship, and they create a false uh, identity for themselves, and based on you know, if they look on your uh, Facebook page, for example, Derek, they'll figure out all your interests, and then they can create a false profile of someone who has much of the same interest and then target you that way. So it's really important to try to narrow and make your social media settings as private as possible. Wow, okay. Now, if someone has a complaint or concern, they've listened to all that you have to say and they're like, okay, I didn't realize I've been scammed or I did use an unlicensed contractor. How do I get help? How do I get more information? How do you mm -hmm. help them with that? Is there a place they can go? Absolutely. So if you go to our website, which is montgomerycountymd.gov forward slash OCP, um, you will see a button in the middle left where it says file a complaint. If you click on that button, you'll go to our online complaint portal and you can fill out your complaint. And once you finish filling it out at the bottom, 
there is, and there it is with the little red uh, asterisk that says new. Um, so once you finish submitting it, uh, all the information, then you will be given an opportunity to upload um, any documents that you have that would be helpful for our investigation. Um, say you're not sure this is a complaint that uh, you might uh, want to submit, you can also email us um, at consumer at montgomerycountymd.gov and that email is at the top of every single one of our web pages in this orange box. So um, definitely don't fail to reach out to us if we can be of any help. Okay, and that's consumer at montgomerycountymd.gov. That's and our we'll email. put that on the screen there. And I just want to say thank you so much because this is, I believe this is something that touches everyone. Everyone has Absolutely. been exposed to some type of scam or some, everyone has dealt with a contractor or received a phone call that they didn't worried about or got an, a, an email that says one of their beloved people are in Nigeria and they're kidnapped or somewhere overseas. And it's mm -hmm. good to know that in Montgomery County, we have an agency of skilled people that are able to give us information to help us not get caught. But also if we do find ourselves in a situation, you guys are here to help us. So that's kind of cool. So thank you so much yep. for being here today. Yep. And we're going to invite you back around as we get closer to, I guess, when schools open again and see if there's some more things that we should be aware of as we're looking as keeping our homes safe and being good uh, stewards of our money. And I want to. Absolutely. Anytime you want, I'll come back. Fantastic. All right. And for you out there watching today or listening, we thank you for supporting this program. And we also ask you guys, always ask the question, what's happening, MoCo? And we'll try to find the answers. Hope you guys have a great day. Do what you can to support this podcast. Subscribe. Ask your friends to subscribe. Listen on a regular basis. And use a hashtag. Hashtag what's happening MoCo if you have questions that you'd like us to address. And I'll add some information here so you guys are fully aware of how to support us. Visit our website, montgomerycountymd.gov forward slash CCM. Facebook, County Cable MoCo. Or what's happening MoCo podcast. Twitter with County Cable MoCo, as well as we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all this Thank you again, Tracy, for being here, and thank you guys for listening. What's happening, MoCo? Thanks for listening, and please subscribe.